Let's clap our hands. Go ahead, Jonas. To free all those who trust in Him 
from Satan's power and might. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. this last verse together. Now to the Lord sing praises, our God is coming near to bring his peace and kingdom and fill our hearts with time, but as we do so, where's an area that you need comfort? Today, the gospel is good news. Where do you need the good news of the gospel to wash over your heart, over your life? There's hope because Jesus has come. There's hope because Emmanuel is with us. We sing it. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. Welcome, 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 everyone. Yeah. It has been wonderful to worship with you this evening. Man, just so refreshing. Tommy, I think the CA staff handbell choir was a hit. I loved it. You if did you, your note really well. If you ever do another video at the Eiffel Tower, I'll be right there playing the bell. Dude. <laughs> Welcome. My name is Marvin. It is great to be with each and every one of you this evening. Uh, if you're here for the first time, if you're checking things out, welcome. Merry Christmas. Thank you for celebrating Christmas with us. Uh, we'd love to get to know you. Uh, in the seat in front of you, there's some connection cards. You can grab that connection card. That's just uh, giving us some information so that we can follow up with you this week and let you know about great things happening around our church. There's also a new people's table that's located out in the lobby, and you can stop by the uh, new people's table, and we'll have a free gift for you there as well. And somebody will greet you. Again, just want to say thank you for being with us. And for tonight, for this evening, we've got some hot chocolate and cookies out in the courtyard, so please feel free to go out there and grab some hot chocolate, some cookies, and get to know somebody that comes to the service. We love that. And if you are online, uh, we don't have hot chocolate for you, but we have a greeting for you as well. And we just want to say thank you for being with us. Love that you are worshiping with us this evening as well. Well, we are less than a week away from Christmas candlelight services here at Christian Assembly. They're excited. You're excited. I'm excited. Uh, that's going to be happening December 23rd and 24th. That's Friday night at 6 p.m. And uh, Saturday at 9 a.m. and 11.15, beautiful music, an amazing word from Scripture, and of course, uh, time together, uh, worshiping, and, and you know, beautiful Christmas candlelight services. So 
If you're planning on coming, please make plans for coming. And please invite somebody. Join us. Be with us. Uh, bring a guest. Bring a family member. Bring a friend, a neighbor, someone to celebrate Christmas candlelight services with us. Just as a reminder, then there are no services on Sunday, December 25th. That's Christmas Day. You can spend that time with your family or your loved ones celebrating Christmas Day. Well, uh, we're going to have live teaching on both sides of the street that weekend. That's going to be here in the South Sanctuary and across the street in our North Sanctuary. If you've never been over there. It's a great facility. And again, live teaching, live worship on both sides of the streets. So no matter where you're at, it's going to be a great, great experience. Um, as you know, we've been asking folks to fill out RSVP cards just to kind of let us know and plan best for those service times. We're not asking for that this weekend, but we are asking that you would take a look at the screens because our Friday evening 6 p.m service is actually full and we're asking if anybody had RSVP'd for that service if you would if there's some flexibility in your schedule that weekend and maybe you can come to the uh, Saturday 9 a.m. or 11:15. if you can shift over you don't have to fill out a new card just do that that would really help us to serve everyone that would be coming on Friday night as well Thank you for uh, your flexibility and being able to do that. It's going to be fun. It's going to be great. Uh, like I said before, make sure you uh, make plans to be here and invite somebody. If you, have, uh, if you want information on parking details, those are in your bulletin. As you know, it's going to be high traffic uh, weekend, so please make sure to take a look at that and see all of the different parking options that are available. It's going to be a great time. Well, for the men, we are going to start the year with the men's gathering. It's going to be happening on Wednesday, January 11th. And I can't think of a better way to start the year than to worship together with all of the men of Christian Assembly right in this room. So guys, let me extend an invitation to you to be with us again. That's Wednesday, January 11th, 7 p.m., right in this room. Mark your calendars. Be with us. It's going to be worship. It's going to be camaraderie. It's going to be a great time uh, in the Word of God. So make plans, men, to be with us for the men's gathering on January 11th. We're going to prepare our hearts now to worship the Lord to the, through the giving of our tithes and offerings. And as we do, I want to read the scripture. You might recognize it from some of your Advent readings, but it's a great scripture to read around this time of year. Isaiah 9-6 says the following. A child is born to us. A son is given to us. And he will be our ruler. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. What a beautiful scripture reminding us and preparing our hearts for the coming of Jesus. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you. Thank you that you are our wonderful counselor. You are a mighty God, eternal Father, Prince of Peace, Lord. And so, Lord, we pray that you would rule in our hearts, that you would be at the centerpiece of all of our celebrations in the next few days to come, even here, Lord. We give you this time. We ask that you would be our mighty God, Father God. Thank you uh, as we get to worship you through the givings of our tithes, tithes and offerings. Lord, we just pray that you would bless us as we do. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Ushers, you may come. Well, it's some powerful words that we've sung, right? That he shall reign forever and ever. And that's not just uh, words that we sing. It's the truth of Scripture put to song. And uh, let those words sink into your mind and your heart, and they change everything. Well, let me add my welcome to those you've already received. My name is Tom. If you're a visitor or guest, want to welcome those of you online, joining us online as well. And um, we've already mentioned it, but really excited for our uh, candlelight uh, Christmas Eve services, December 23rd, 24th. Um, for those of you that did RSVP on um, Friday, just help us out by like a couple hundred of you coming on Saturday uh, morning. Put this in context. We have enough, enough RSVPs for Saturday night 
that every single seat will be filled. A hundred seats in the lobby will be filled and 400 seats across the street. So that means like we need like 200 of you to spontaneously decide that you'd rather have a better seat Saturday morning and join us on Saturday morning, right? Um, as we look ahead, another thing I'm really excited about, uh, December 23rd, 24th, um, last Christmas, um, I announced that we were giving to Jesus for his birthday gift, um, Wells in Ghana, along with Bibles and discipleship. That has all been completed, and we're going to show you the video on December 23rd and 24th, and we're excited about that, um, and so you'll get to join us and see that. And then want to let you know that as we head into January, we're going to kick off the New Year's with a three-week series entitled How to Have a Great Year. So we're going to uh, look at biblical principles on how to have a great year. It's not where I thought we were going to head in January, but as I've been praying about it, God wanted me to insert this little three-week series to set us up well for the year. Well, each year uh, in our home, we decorate a Christmas tree. And my favorite ornament is, uh, it's actually a handmade one, and it was from the year my youngest son named Micah, he was in a preschool. And that year, the preschool teacher had a little uh, baby Jesus in a manger and had little costumes where each boy would dress up like Joseph, each girl would just dress up like Mary, and she would randomly put them together and they would take their picture next to baby Jesus, kind of mugging for the camera. And then that picture was put on a gold paper star. So we have a gold paper star with a picture of Micah smiling, doing his best to be a four-year-old Joseph, right? Along with some random girl that none of us know, <laughs> trying to be a very good four-year-old Mary. So somewhere in LA, there is a 13-year-old girl who doesn't know that every year we hang her picture <laughs> on our Christmas tree along with Micah. And the reason that it's one of my favorite ornaments of all the ornaments is it reminds me just how human, just how average, just how surprising, just how normal those first people were who were included in the Christmas story. And, you know, God was very intentional about that. And because of that, it holds a great opportunity for each one of that, uh, each, each one of us, and we're going to consider that. But before we do, let's pray. So, God, we thank you for the, the gift of Christmas, the gift of Christ, God Emmanuel, God with us. We thank you that we get to celebrate your reign, which goes on forever and ever. We ask now that you would speak to us by the power of your word, empowered by your spirit, that we wouldn't just hear the Christmas story, but we would respond, that we wouldn't just hear the Christmas story, but that we would become part of it. Lord, tenderize our hearts to you. Tenderize our hearts to one another now. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. On your way in, hopefully you got a bulletin. If you did, you can flip it open to this little center section. You'll see the scriptures that are there as well as the teaching notes that we will be digging into as we go along together. Well, God was intentional about including very normal, 
uh, surprising in a, a wide variety of people in the first Christmas story. In fact, when the angel came to the shepherds, this is what he said in Luke chapter 2, verse 10 and 11. It said, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is the Messiah, the Lord, for all the people. Could God have made it any more clear than that for all the people? The very first point I want to draw out for you is this, is that Christmas is for everyone. And we see this on the very first Christmas. We see it in the the kinds of people that God sent his messenger to announce the birth of Jesus to. First of all, we see it that Christmas is for the people that are kind of in the economic middle. I mean, Joseph and Mary, they were as blue-collar as you could be, a young woman betrothed to a carpenter from the town of Nazareth. Nazareth was, it was kind of considered like the, the backwater town of that day. People used to say, can anything good come out of Nazareth? It, I was trying to think of like a, a Southern California parallel. It, it was kind of like the Barstow of like, of, of like, you know, the day in the area. Sorry for those of you from Barstow. And yet God touched the womb of this virgin so that the child born of her would be fully God and fully human. And God appears to Joseph in a dream. And essentially says, hey, listen, Mary has not been cheating on you. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from his sins. Christmas is for people in the middle, like Joseph and like Mary. But Christmas is also for the people at the economic bottom, like the shepherds. Maybe the best modern urban parallel would be someone pushing a shopping cart, making their living by collecting aluminum cans out of the trash. The, the shepherds of that day, they were, they were considered dirty. They smelled like animals. They, they hung out with animals. They ate with the animals. And yet God chose to make the announcement of the birth of Christ to them first on that night. And innumerable angels showed up on the hillside that night saying in Luke chapter 2 verse 14, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those whom he favors. All of those angels, think about this for a moment, all of those angels showed up for the shepherds. He could have announced it first to the wealthy, to the educated, to the influential, to royalty, to the powerful, but he announced it first to those at the economic bottom, the outsiders, the marginalized. Because the good news of the birth of Jesus is good news for those at the bottom. This is why unleashing compassion is so core to all of our kingdom works. This is why we make unprecedented efforts, both locally as well as globally. In fact, on December 23rd and 24th, I'm going to announce what our elders have discerned because of your ongoing generosity this year, what our Christmas gift to Jesus would be. Jesus says, when you've done it unto these that are the least amongst my, my brothers and sisters, you've done it unto me. I, I don't want to spoil it, but I will tell you that this year's gift 
is three and a half times more money than last year's, and it will impact six times as many people. 30,000 people around the globe are going to be impacted by what has been approved and what will unfold and lay out as our gift from Christian assembly to the global poor because of Jesus. The birth of Jesus is good news for people at the bottom. It's good news for people at the bottom, people in the middle, but it's also good news for people at the economic top as well. Those of us with influence and affluence, think about it. Who else gathered to Jesus when he was born? Wise men came bearing their gifts. We know that they were wealthy because of the gifts that they brought. They brought gold, the gift that you give a king. Frankincense, which is a type of incense used by the high priest in worship to help people connect with God. And myrrh, which is a spice used at burial. Gold, because Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Frankincense, because Jesus is the great high priest who opens up the way to God for us. Myrrh, because he would do all this through his death and his resurrection. God was graphically and and vividly showing that this baby in the manger was good news for all the people. He was for everyone. He was for those who are on the bottom, those who are in the middle, those who are on the economic top. He was for those who were very young. In fact, one of the very first people to respond to the announcement of the birth of Jesus, that that Jesus was going to be born, is John the Baptist when he was in utero in his mother's womb. He leapt whenever Mary came to see Elizabeth. So Christmas is for the very young. It's also for the very old. It's for those who are single, wishing they were married. It's for those who are married, wishing they were single. (laughs) It's for those who have their PhD and for those who are struggling to get their GED. It's for the tired ones and for the energized ones. It's for the busy ones and for the bored ones. Christmas is for everyone And that means Christmas is for you and for me. And what exactly is this gift? Have you ever received a Christmas gift, not wrapped in the way that you might expect it to be wrapped once you unwrap it and look at the gift? Maybe somebody tries to do a trick on you and the gift is really small, but they wrap it in a really big box. I remember one year, my dad um, wrapped up what looked to be a really nice gift for my grandmother. It was my mom's mom, so his mother-in-law. And she was so excited to open it. In our family, we had a tradition. We had a a nice meal on Christmas Eve, and you could open up one special gift uh, at that meal on Christmas Eve. And so this was her special gift. And and, uh, she was, you know, just like giddy to open it. She opened it up, and it was a lump of coal. (laughs) A lump of coal with a note from Santa saying that she was on the naughty list this year. And my dad thought it was hilarious. And I thought it was funny. My grandma, not so much. My grandma, I remember looking at her face across the table and I made a mental note. Do not ever give your future mother-in-law a lump of coal for Christmas. You'll think it's funny she will not think it's funny. When Jesus was born, he didn't look like 
the kind of gift, much of a gift, if you think about it. I mean, here's this little baby, no room in the inn, born amongst smelly animals, laid in an animal trough, super needy like all babies are. But the Bible makes an amazing claim about this little baby. And if you can grasp the truth that I'm about to share with you, it will be an act of God in your life. And it will change everything in your past, in your present, in your future. Matthew chapter 1 verse 23 says, Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God with us. I want you to repeat something after me. I want you to say this. God is. God was. God will be with me. Show of hands, how many of you ever prayed a prayer that just said, God be with me? Right? I have. Pretty common prayer. Lots of people have prayed that. God be with me as we go on this family trip. May the kids not kill each other in the back seat so we don't have to kill them before we get to where we're going. God be with me as I take this test. God be with me as I call this client, serve this customer. God be with me as I walk into this hospital, as I walk out of this hospital, God be with me as I make this important decision. God be with me. Let me ask you, what made Mary ponder, as the Bible says, all these things in her heart? What made the wise men travel such far distances to bow down on bended knee, worshiping and adoring this baby who was born? What made the shepherds hurry into Bethlehem And then leave the scene of the manger rejoicing. Because every one of them knew that this baby who was born meant that God was not distant. That he was not detached. That he was not distracted. That God is, God was, and God will be with us. He is with us. The problem is, many of you might not believe that. The reality is, as we approach Christmas 2022, many of you might say, well, look, Tom, like, you know, baby Jesus, the manger, shepherds, angels, I get it. But I just don't sense, I just don't feel that God is with me. Maybe your career isn't where you wish your career would be. Maybe your relational status isn't what you wish it would be. Maybe inflation has you squeezed like it it has so many of us squeezed. Maybe your health isn't where you thought it would be or the health of a loved one isn't where you thought it would be. Maybe there's going to be an empty chair at your Christmas table this year and you're going to miss that loved one's laughter, their touch, their smile. See, I think sometimes it's hard for us to believe that God is with us because We mistakenly believe that if God is with us, everything will go smoothly in our life. Which brings me to the second point I want you to remember, which is this. Never let the presence of a hardship cause you to doubt the presence of God. God was with Mary and Joseph, but so were hardships too. God was with Mary, but her reputation was still dragged through the mud from this unwed pregnancy. God was with them, but they still had to make a forced march for a politician's census decree. God was with them, but there was still no room at the end. 
God was with them, but they still had to flee to another country when Herod set about to kill Jesus in his early years, and the list goes on. God was with them, and it didn't mean everything went smoothly. And God can be with us, and it doesn't mean everything always goes smoothly for us either. Some of you, if if you were brutally honest, you would say, I've done some things I'm ashamed of. I don't know why God would want to be with someone like me. It's hard for me to believe God would want to be with me. Yeah, I, I get it. God with us because of all the other people, but, but not God with me. But look at the, when the angel first comes to Mary, what does the angel say in Luke chapter 1, verse 28? And he came to her and he said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. As I look back over my life, I'm astounded by all the times when God has been with me. When I first made my first <clears throat> kind of, uh, you know, half-hearted commitment to Christ as a middle school boy, and then it deepened in college, God was with me. When I picked up the phone to cold call my now wife, Allison, asking her on a date, God was really with me. (laughs) We celebrated 25 years married just last month in November. And uh, funny little story, little aside, I call her, I ask her out on a date, and uh, she, I hang up the phone, she has second thoughts, but she didn't have my phone number. Pulls out the greater Pittsburgh area phone book. There used to be these books back in the day that you had to look up people's phone numbers. Starts with Hughes and just goes through like, what was it, eight homes maybe, phone calling them, trying to track me down to say, don't come and pick me up, I'm having second thoughts. I show up to pick her up at her parents' house, not even knowing that she's called these other random eight homes before she gave up trying to track me down, thinking the date's still on and uh, the date did go on and because God was with me. (laughs) When we packed up and we moved from Pittsburgh to Charleston, South Carolina to start a youth ministry in a church that had never had one, God was with us. Even on the nights when some nights no kids showed up for youth group. We started with four kids. Sometimes all four of them were busy And it was Allison and I looking at each other. She's like, I don't think you have good job security here. I think you might need to consider. Two years in, that little youth group started to grow from a handful of students, and it grew to several hundred. I was exhausted. We needed to hire staff. The church didn't have the money. And an old woman from our church walked into my office and asked me if I had any needs. And I was tired enough or... Maybe it's just part of my personality to be direct. I said, look, I don't know if you were thinking you were going to come in and maybe buy us a new computer, but what I need is a quarter of a million dollars. I need $50,000 a year for the next five years so that I can hire a youth pastor to help me because of the number of students we have. Two weeks later, she called us to come to her house for for lunch and uh, wrote the first check for $50,000 and said, go hire a youth pastor so we can reach more students. And that, that additional youth pastor that we hired helped unlock even more students that grew from a couple hundred to a couple hundred more students who were now involved in the student ministries. 
When I came out to Fuller Theological Seminary, I was convinced that we would only be in L.A. for two years so I could complete my MDiv. But a neighbor invited Allison and I to Christian Assembly in 2002. God was with us at that mailbox when the neighbor invited us. When we lost our third child to a miscarriage, when I buried my dad in 2013, when I watched my mom's graveside uh, memorial service in March of 2020 on FaceTime due to everything being shut down to the early days of COVID, God was with me. When we started Fusion, when we started Kids Hope, when we hired the community life pastors, planted churches, started our partnerships in Iran, Vietnam, and so many other countries, as well as all of the work that we're doing locally, God was with us. When I came to the Christian Assembly Eldership, what we call the CA Council, meeting on early December 2016 on a Monday night, convinced that God had spoken to me through Proverbs 19:17 that we were to give $1.2 million to the living room. I was prepared to make my most convincing case, but a little still small voice with inside me said, just be the last one to speak on this. And by the time I went around the circle, everyone was already on board with the idea of giving $1.2 million before it even got to me. They didn't even hear my reasoning that I was so ready and prepared to eloquently lay forth to them to try to convince them. All I had to say was, I agree. God was with us. When we paid off some medical debt for the poor and it became a viral news story, the most shared news story from CNN.com that year, believe it or not, the leading news story from Apple News for three days in a row, which opened up doors for me to be able to talk in all sorts of media settings about how people matter to God. And that's why we would pay off medical debt for the poor. God was with us. When we went online only and then outdoors and we stood on a football field, God was with us. When we made the commitment that no one in our church or our surrounding community would go hungry during the pandemic, God was with us. From the very first day I placed my faith in Jesus Christ, he has been with me to save me from my sins and to walk me through the highs and lows of life. And listen, if you place your faith in him, or if you've already placed your faith in him, he is with you. Do you believe he is with you? And here's the question, who needs to know this? Or another way to say it, why did Jesus come? Well, we don't have to guess. Luke chapter 19, verse 10, Jesus says, for the son of man, that was the title he used referring to himself, the son of man came to seek out and to save the lost. By using the term to seek and save and lost, Jesus is communicating the value of people because only things that are of value are worth seeking when they're lost. Like, no one ever says, my piece of gum is lost, right? You, you just get another piece of gum, right? You don't look for your lost piece of gum. You, you might say, my wallet is lost, my my diamond ring is lost. My, my keys are lost. Why? Because they're valuable. When something or someone is lost, the extent that you are willing to go to seek that which has been lost says a lot about how much you value it. Jesus coming at Christmas says a lot about how much he values you. He says, 
You lost ones are important enough to me, valuable enough to me, that I'm going to search for you. I'm going to seek you until I find you. Everyone needs to know that there is a real God who offers real life, and you matter to him. I heard a story this week about an 80-year-old guy who had lost his hearing about 20 years uh, earlier, and he hadn't been able to hear a thing. And he went to the doctor. They fitted him with these uh, medical devices, these plugs that they put in his ears, and an amazing thing happened. He was able now to hear perfectly again. He heard every single word again, and two weeks went by. He comes back to the doctor. The doctor asks him how things are going. He said, it's amazing. I hear every single word that, that everyone says, and the doctor said, your family must be thrilled, and the guy said, well, I haven't told them yet, and I've changed my will four times in the last two weeks. <laughs> Friends, listen to me. If you are a Christian, you have experienced the greatest thing in the world, but some of you haven't told those around you yet. Jesus sought you. Jesus saved you. Now God is with you. And maybe you've never told someone that. Or maybe it's been a long time since you told anybody about it. Did you know that people are more open to an invitation to come to church at Christmas time than any other time of the year. As a pastor, what I've noticed is that there are certain times that people's lives are more open to God's word. Oftentimes of great grief, people become more open and ask questions around God. Easter, the birth of a child, Christmas. In fact, the studies show that about two and a half times as many people attend church at Christmas in America than during a normal week. People are two and a half times more likely to be open to saying yes to you this week. Over the next few days, you're going to have a great chance to invite your friends, family, coworkers, neighbors, classmates to join us for our Christmas services. And you know, the number one reason when I talk to people about why they came to CA, above and beyond, the number one reason is someone I know invited me. Someone personally invited me. The number one reason when I ask people, how did you come to Christ? Someone I know shared with me about Jesus and invited me to consider the claims of Jesus. Look at the story of the shepherds. In Luke chapter 2, verse 15, it says, When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that had taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste. They found Mary and Joseph and the child laying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child. Did you get that? They had an encounter, and then they made known what had been told them about this child. God made something known to them, and then they made that message known to others. Which brings me to the third point of our message, which is this, is that if you're a Christian, God has given you a message to tell. What is the message? 
The message is, unto us a child is born, a son is given, and you shall call him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And who do you tell? Well, since Christmas is for everyone, you tell anyone. This is how you don't just hear the Christmas story. You become part of it. Let's pray. Tommy, you can come on up. Christmas is for everyone. Let me ask you, how has God been with you? I recounted some of the ways that God has been with me through the highs and lows of my life, but I want to give you a moment to think about the highs and lows, the ups and downs of your life. How has God been with you? Where might you need to thank him that he was with you? Or where might you need to ask God now this Christmas to help you become aware and conscious that he's with you in a certain area of your life, maybe a, a challenging set of circumstances you're in or a challenging relationship you have. Others of you, what gratitude do you just need to bring to God to thank him for? Or what requests do you need to pray to him about this Christmas. God is not distant. He is not detached. He is not distracted. He is God with us. Christmas is for everyone, including you. How has he been with you? On your way in, you got a response card in your bulletin. Jesus said he came to seek and to save the lost. I want you to hear that you are valuable to God. That's why Jesus came seeking you and came seeking me. For some of you, maybe you've never given your life to Jesus Christ. You've never placed your faith and hope in him. You were created by God. He numbered the hairs on your head. He knows every day that you're going to have before even one of them came into being. He knit you together in your mother's womb so that you could come to know him and enjoy a relationship with him, a personal, growing, loving relationship with him forever. And then you would be rightly related to others around you as well as you take on the teachings of Jesus and you learn to love others as you love yourself. You might be thinking, well, Tom, but you don't know what I've said, what I've done. You don't know the, the, the thoughts that I've had, the attitudes that I've held. Yeah, I don't, but God does. And yet, God's word says that while we were still yet sinners, Christ came and died for us. Your sin, my sin, separates us from God. But God doesn't want that to be the end of the story, which is why Jesus has come to seek you, even in this moment. You don't have to wait for a candlelight service to give your life to Christ. So some of you, for the very first time, you can say, God, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to become a follower of Jesus. Save me from my sin. Pay for my sin, Jesus, on the cross. Apply your death and resurrection to me. Let your sinless record be my record before the throne of heaven. And let my record of sin be nailed to the cross and be paid for because of your love. And I want to follow you all the days of my life. Save me. Give me a love for your word. Teach me how to honor you and 
live according to your ways. If you have prayed that prayer, if you're saying, Jesus, save me, I want to encourage you to fill out this little response card and you can check that first-time commitment box. Others of you, maybe you've made that prayer before, you've made that decision before, but you've wandered away and you need to say, God, I, I want to come back again. I want, I want to return to you in a fresh way. And that's you. You can fill that out and check the recommitment box and one of our pastors will follow up. Maybe others of you, you've made the decision to be a follower of Christ, but you've never been baptized. And this Christmas, I want to invite you, if that's you, to be baptized, to, to fill out the card and check the, I want to be baptized as your response. And lastly, maybe some of you, you're thinking, oh, I, I've got some questions. I, I've got some intellectual things I want to work through. I did too. You don't have to check your brains at the door to be a follower of Jesus. Some of the most brilliant people on the planet are followers of Jesus in every field you can think of, including all the scientific ones. And if that's you and you feel like, man, I want to investigate faith in Jesus, you can fill that out and check that box. Go ahead and do that now. So God, even now, I pray that you would call people like you did the shepherds, like you did the wise men to respond to you. And as you fill those cards out, when you exit, you'll be able to drop them in the bucket. And lastly, for those of you who are followers of Christ, I want to remind you, you have a message to tell. This week, maybe more than any other week, people are going to be open to the message that you have to tell. Right now, if you're a Christian, I want you to pray for someone you know who does not know Christ. Pray for them to come to know Christ. Pray and ask God to give you the courage to invite them today, to call them, to text them, to join us at our Christmas services so they can hear the good news of great joy for everyone. They might think, oh, it's not for me. But God says, no, actually, it's for all the people. You could be the person that they name in the future as the person who invited them to come to CA. And from that, they came to know Christ through you. And so, God, even now, for everyone who considers themselves a follower of Jesus, whether online or here in person, would you put at least one person on our mind and heart that we know who, does, who do not know you and give us the courage and the conviction, like the shepherds, to share with them all that we've encountered, all that we've been told, all that we've come to know to be true, about this baby born in the manger. Give us courage this week. Lord, for those who've responded in a first time or recommitment or getting baptized or investigating faith, I pray, God, you'd strengthen their commitment. And God, would you remind us this Christmas that Christmas is for everyone and that you've come to be with us. And for that, we give you thanks in Jesus' name.